Hello, you're listening to the Getting Smart Podcast. I'm Nate McLennan, and I am so excited today to talk about work-based learning ecosystems. Uh, we are lucky to have on the call today uh, members of this partnership um, with GPS Ed and DuPage County Schools uh, who, who put together a really amazing collaboration to help young people find great pathways towards family-sustaining wages. Uh, over the last six months, we partnered here at Getting Smart, we partnered with uh, GPS Ed to write a white paper on work-based learning and really think about how work-based learning can be scaled to allow for work-based learning for every student and the role that intermediaries can play in allowing the scaling to happen. So today we have four guests that are with us. So I'm going to have them each introduce themselves. Uh, thank you all for being here. And uh, the guests represent the intermediary, GPS Ed in this case, uh, education, um, the, the the sort of schools part of it, as well as the industry part of it, uh, when we think about the entire ecosystem. So let's get right to it. And uh, Dr. Rossetti and Jim and Jovan and Jeff, I'm, I'm going to just ask each one of you to introduce yourself. And then as a prompting question to get us thinking about work, your first job and uh, what you learned from that job really briefly. So Dr. Rossetti, if you can uh, just introduce yourself and, and your position and organization and then answer those questions. Thank you, and thank you for allowing me to be on this podcast today. Um, Darlene Rossetti, I am the Regional Superintendent of Schools for DuPage County, so I'm different than a school district superintendent. I serve 42 school districts, 260 schools, 150,000 um, students, and 12,000 educators. So, um, and my first, my first um, paid job was a uh, job at the at the Chicago Museum of Natural History and I worked as an assistant one of the part-time assistants to the curator there and the most fun thing that I want to share or the one thing that I learned is there's so much more at the museum than what you see displayed there's like thousands of other items behind the scenes thanks Thank you so much. And that's an impressive number of schools and teachers and students, just to let you know. So that's a huge responsibility. And thank you for your work there. Uh, Jim, take take it, take it away. Uh, your, your introduction and first job. Sure. My name is Jim Campbell. I am a VP GM here at Prince Industries. Um, we are a, a client of GPS Ed. Uh, have two of their, their students out of Lake Park High School um, who are have gone through the program and are now starting to as full-time roles with us. We're excited to have them on board. Um, my first job was my own lawn mowing business when I was in, in high school. Um, what I learned with that, if I wanted to make money, I had to hustle and have really good time management. And the more management I had and hustle I had, the more money I made. So hard work does pay off. <laughs> good lessons for business, for sure. Thanks, Jim. Uh, Jovan, take it away. Uh, yes, uh, thanks for having me. Uh, Jovan Lazarevich, I am the uh, Assistant Superintendent uh, for Curriculum and Instruction at Lake Park High School out of Roselle, Illinois. Uh, I'm one of the schools that uh, Dr. Rossetti oversees. Uh, we only have 2,600 kids, so I don't have as, as many, but I feel like the work that we do does get pushed out through DuPage County, and we have an opportunity then to really impact uh, the entire county and hopefully the entire state and so forth, and as we continue to work on, on work-based learning. Um, my first job was a busboy. Uh, so I will echo what Jim said in terms of the hustle that's necessary for it, but I would say paying attention to detail. 
uh, because I left my bin twice on seats where somebody sat in them. So I would say paying attention to detail was really key to that. So we're starting to check off all those critical skills that employers are looking for in new employees. So I really appreciate it. <laughs> all right, uh, Jeff, finish this up. Hi, good afternoon. Jeff Ziegler uh, calling from uh, GPS Education Partners, GPS Ed. Uh, super happy to be here uh, among our partners and uh, want to share a, a quick little story about my background. Um, I'm the partner development manager here at GPS, so I have the pleasure of bringing partners to the table to support work-based learning in DuPage, um, among other communities that we work in. Uh, my first job uh, was a utility clerk at a local grocery store. Um, and so I did everything from uh, pushing the carts uh, uphill in the snow in Wisconsin to, uh, you know, stocking and uh, re, uh, realigning the, the, the front aisle. Um, so one of the key skills that, uh, that I picked up on was uh, the value of, of customer um, service, um, as well as, uh, you know, the value of uh, the customer experience um, in making those kind of first steps into a, a new environment, uh, welcoming and pleasurable and all that good stuff. So good life skills to take with me. Yeah, super appreciate that. And then thinking about all these skills and I'll, I'll quickly relay that my my first paid job was my father um, asked my brother and I to pick dandelions and he paid us one cent per dandelion. And that business model was a complete failure because we made a lot of money and he kept reducing the price per dandelion or the, the, the wage per dandelion until it was, you know, 15 dandelions per penny. So I learned a lot about business models uh, and, and how to create a good business model that works. <laughs> so um, it, it makes me think a lot is that when we think about, we have, we have schools and, and then the larger uh, collection of schools at the, at the uh, regional level and, and industry is, is what, how are we setting up young people to really thrive um, in the workplace once they graduate? And I think in a lot of times we're, we're missing that. And the work that you all are doing is phenomenal in that, that the partnerships that exist and that are created that we'll talk about are helping to bring together uh, these pathways that, that give students the, the, the skills that they need to, when they graduate, go out into the world and, and again, make that family sustaining wage. So, Dr. Rossetti, I, I want to start with a big picture idea here of, of why is work-based learning so important now? Is there a, is there a new imperative? Has this um, just been growing? Or what, what are you seeing as the push uh, and the urgency? Well, I see it's not right now that this has been going on, but there's more of an urgency right now, I want to say that. I want to you know start with that. There's an urgency here that I have seen. But just to kind of go back, I mean, I've been the regional superintendent for 20 years, and I've seen I, I if I had a if I had a penny for every career fair that I went to, I would have lots of money. Um, I've seen great videos produced, you know, by manufacturers and you know, and other enterprises and industries sharing those with our school districts. I've seen lots of manuals, you know, and I've seen a lot of the what. Here's what we need to do, but I've not seen the how. And I think that's what's really important when you talk about the why now. It's like, why now is that like now the how to, you know, the rubber has to hit the road, you know, right now. And I think that sense of urgency came about during COVID. I think that's another piece of it. We saw that more employee, more employers were looking for more employees. So that happened. And I think the other thing that happened is it's part of why we're even here today is GPS ed, is that we found that intermediary 
And that was so important. And I want to tell you why it's so important because in, in, in Lake Park, and I want to give a lot of credit to Lake Park because they've been doing this work for a long time. Um, but it's that, in, but how do you do that? How do you scale it up with 42 school districts, you know, in DuPage County? So how do you scale it up instead of every school district? Because it's, a t it's time consuming, you know, anyone here would say a lot of time, a lot of resources, you know what I mean? Uh, on both sides, both on the business side to get into a school and both on the school side to, you know, to, um, you know, to get into a, into a business. So I think that's, so it's, so what GPS provided us really was like that how to and that intermediary approach. And, and what we took and what we decided to take in DuPage County was a regional approach as well. And just to look at this, not just from like one at a time, you know, one school district at a time or one high school at a time, but to really look at it in a much broader approach. What can we do from a countywide, from a regional approach? Another one of our partners is our College of DuPage or Community College. And again, they mirror the same territory that I cover. They work with all of the, you know, school districts in DuPage. So they became another partner. And so this, so this really, I think the urgency, I think having that intermediate was absolutely critical. And then just one other quick thing I want to say, and also having, um, I think we've learned some things as educators about relevancy. You know what, our curriculum, we need to really think a little bit more about how do we tie a curriculum to the real world. And I think we always knew that, but somehow, again, I think that relevancy issue came about. So those pieces, and again, especially GPS, speaking, and I want to say this, speaking the language of educators and the language of businesses, I think was so key um, to making this happen and to continue to move us forward. I, I love that, the, the, the language of educators and industry. And I'd even probably add on the language of community need. You had this regional approach, um, which, which clearly was driven by, um, by like what, what needs to happen in the workforce. So Jim, I want to pivot to you. You're, you're representing the workforce. Um, why why work-based learning? What, what challenge did it solve for you all? What were you facing? And, and how is this potentially the solution for it, in, in, in your opinion? What we've seen in the workforce is the tech schools that used to exist when you and I were younger aren't really as prevalent as they are back then. So what GPS Ed has been for us, as Dr. Shetty said, they're kind of like the, the gateway for us to, to link education system, which you know five years ago was like, you go to college. Today, the, the push to have kids go to college to be successful isn't as prevalent as it was five years ago or even two years ago. They've opened up the access for us to bring the next generation of workforce into our facilities to where these young men and women can get a job in manufacturing, doing things that you know were historically nasty, dark, and dirty, where today's manufacturing facilities are state-of-the-art, we're all world-class, clean, safe facilities to where these young men and women can develop a career doing something with their hands, building something, creating something, and have that family living wage where they can, instead of going to school and getting that $40,000 a year loan, they can start making that $30,000 a year day one and grow from there. Um, we have employees that have been with us for decades that are senior employees, skilled setup men 
that are pushing six-figure incomes. So what GPS Ed has done has been that gateway for us to these school districts to show that these kids at Lake Park that are in their program have an avenue to go out and, and get a real-world job earning real-world wages and have a career where they can have a family, have vacations, have all the stuff that you think of as the American dream. Right, right. Yeah, there's something really interesting you said is there's this pivot from from uh, everybody goes to college. And we know that that if a student has a degree, it's related to higher income. But I think what we're seeing is more and more viable pathways to a, a reasonable uh, income that's family sustaining and, and that college isn't the only pathway and that these, the, that the, whether it's manufacturing or any of the other set market sectors, uh, there's a lot of STEM involved. The, uh, this is, is a highly skilled and then and areas where they can advance within the industry and uh, uh, practice and, and challenge, get challenged in all sorts of ways. So I really like the idea that we're, we're seeing multiple pathways uh, uh, that and rather than just a single pathway that may not work for every student and that, honestly make just incur massive debt. So um, let's go uh, from a, from Lake Park High School. Jovan, you're, you're in it day to day. What what does this look like in a really concise way for our listeners is like if a student is participating in this really amazing partnership, what does it look like from the student perspective? Uh, sure, Nate. So uh, concise, I don't know about that, but I can definitely give you the uh, the, the, the kind of the so for from the education and from the school standpoint, our goal is uh, how do we make it work for the students and obviously for industry. And what GPS Ed does for us is they're, they're the liaison, right? Sometimes our, our partners aren't always uh, familiar on how to talk to a 17 or 18 year old, right? They're, they're used to employees. Uh, and we're actually coming from much more from that education perspective of we're still trying to teach them, right? Like uh, I know I know Jim probably doesn't like it too much, but part of our idea here is to give them that opportunity to see what it looks like and maybe say no to it, right? Like, no, this isn't what I'm, I'm, I'm in for. But sometimes they're like, oh my gosh, I can't wait. And, and Jim has two pretty good ones right now. We're pretty fortunate with him. They love it. You know, they, they dive in. So I would say our day to day is we had to make it somehow attractive and make sure that there's a way to still meet the needs that are requirements for the state. Um, and so what we did is we actually partnered with our cooperative work training for our students. Um, so they they go to a class earlier in the day uh, where they're able to, and we cover our consumer ads. So a lot of our financial literacy is done there. So that's part of their graduation requirement. So we kind of check that box for them. And then through there too, we work on employability skills, right? So it's not just they're showing up. I mean, it's, are they on time? Uh, what does a resume look like? How do you talk to uh, during an interview? So we work on all of those during that time frame, And then at the end of the day, we give them uh, release time under cooperative work, work training where they have to go out and work for 15 to 20 20 hours during that week, which is very easy to do when they're working with our partners, Prince or, or others uh, to get that time. And uh, again, the reason we try to, to partner that at the end of the day is, um, you know, as Jim talked about earlier, is that they have all of these kind of institutional knowledge people that are working during that time frame. Um, the retail time at Target from five until nine doesn't really work for this type of industry. Uh, we really need to get students there, you know, closer to one o'clock if we can, so they can have that opportunity to work with um, those high knowledge people that are in that uh, in manufacturing and actually work the machines and get a chance to to kind of get hands on with with those. Uh, a lot of times those the second shift for our partners, there's not, you know, it's either a skeleton crew or there's not that many there. So our goal really in our some of our 
our obstacles is to be able to get those students out early enough so that they can actually have that experience and, and work that time. So I know that uh, Dr. Rossetti and her team, um, her kind of assistants have have worked on, you know, let's not talk about, you know, the five hour time frame for seats, things like that. Like, how do we how do we really get our students um, to, to get what they need, which is to, to be out there and hands on and and really have that relevancy um, for them? So our day to day is 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 basically that it's not just about, you know, sending them out to work. It's it's the accountability factors. It's the employability factors. Uh, and then GPS ad, they're that great liaison for our students, uh, you know, um, giving them the real story, right? Like, hey, you're going to be drug tested. You're going to have to interview well. You're going to have to do these type of things. And our kids have to recognize that. So we as the educational partners have to make sure that our, our kids are ready for that. Yeah, thanks. Um, that makes sense. And and I, I just want to point out that both you and Dr. Rossetti mentioned the word relevance. And uh, I, I, I love that we're thinking more and more about um, rather than having students go to a school that's not relevant for 13 years and then going out and suddenly becoming relevant is how do we increase, increase relevance earlier on? And we're seeing this in project-based learning in K-12, real-world learning, work-based learning. It's happening more and more. And I think we're getting to this point where literacy skills, math skills, all those things are important and we need to give them real-world learning experiences. And work-based learning does indeed do that. Can I add can I add one? I'd just like to add one thing. And I think Jim alluded to this and, and Yvonne as well. I think that there's we talk a lot in Illinois about equity. And I think that there's a I think that there's a strong equity component, you know, to this as well. Is this is available to all students. Like we have a WIOA grant and our WIOA grant is restricted and and gratefully so to, you know, certain, you know, socioeconomic status. But if you're on that borderline, sometimes you don't have access to, you don't have. So this is another. So I think I think that that's another very important part of all of this when you talk about, when we talk about, you know, helping, you know, our students, you know, move forward as great citizens, as great, you know what I mean, and, and employ, you know, employees and, uh, and having a great future as well. Yeah, I really appreciate you bringing that up is one of the things that we, when we wrote this white paper with GPS Ed is that we really preach this idea that work-based learning should be for everyone. And we actually took a, the thesis one step further and said, everybody should have sort of this mandatory experience because some students graduate and, and they don't have any work-based learning experience. So I appreciate the access for equity and making sure everybody has this opportunity to develop these skills that we know are critical. Okay, GPS Ed has been hyped throughout this conversation so far. So Jeff, you get to bring it together for us is, is um, what's the role you play and, and, and how are you wrangling this very large ecosystem uh, um, in order to make some sort of coherent pathway for young people and that's helpful for businesses and schools in the community? Yeah, no, thanks, Nate. Uh, it's a great question. Um, you know, as, a, as an intermediary, our role is to, to really understand, you know, the unique needs of the community, um, our partners, um, students, um, educators from both private, uh, public, uh, secondary, post-secondary, uh, industry partners, industry associations, understanding their needs, um, as well as community-based organizations, economic drivers of the region, and, and how those play into uh, the, the, the ecosystem of, of this regional initiative and provide those uh, those opportunities to connect to work-based learning in balance. Um, and, you know, part of our role is to really identify those needs and service 
those needs for each of those individual constituents to create these on-ramps for students. Uh, by doing so and thinking about all those factors, uh, we are really helping provide, you know, that diversity, access and equity for all students um, and allowing students to kind of choose the path that's right for them with the support of a community that's really engaged um, in this work. And so um, we, we've heard a number of the terms around intermediary and liaison, you know, we're also a connector um, in doing these and helping people translate those needs to these other systems so that we're all doing it in unison around a shared vision. And so it's a great responsibility. Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a great deal of work, um, but it's also, um, it, it just makes a tremendous amount of sense, you know, when we just lay things out for each of our partners and really listen to what they're looking for and help them get there, right? Right, right. I love the idea that there's multiple pathways and trying to help help put this ecosystem together to see the different options. When you think about one school trying to design with one uh, industry partner or two industry partners, but then replicating that 200 times, uh, there's a lot of redundancy in the work. And so trying to, to, to reduce the friction uh, is a, a role that I see intermediaries play. Yeah. And just to, just to add on to that, Nate, I think one of the things that, you know, uh, you know, collectively, you know, we're, we're really about, you know, looking at systems and looking at scale. Um, and, and part of the work that, that we do is working with each of the school partners, um, you know, under, you know, the Regional Office of Education, Dr. Rossetti's office, working with individual schools to find out where they're at in the system to support uh, work-based learning. And then certainly working with our partners um, like Jim and, and Prince Industries understand how they can best support this work. And so it's really about, you know, like I said, understanding, you know, individual organization and system needs and, and helping them kind of get to those levels and provide the resources and supports the, to, to help them uh, to do it. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate that add on there. Uh, Jim, I want to come back to you and, and think about, we've talked about a, a little bit about the school perspective on this. I, we're all reading in, in the sort of industry in the U.S. We're, we're seeing a lot of open positions. We're seeing skills gap. So both those things are happening. I'm wondering, are you seeing that in your sector, at Prince Industries, I guess, are you seeing that in your sector? Are you seeing that? Um, and you see work-based learning as, is this a way, if it was scaled, that could really streamline this so that there'd be, you get well-trained staff that would come on board. You wouldn't have to untrain and then retrain, uh, upskill, et cetera. Uh, is this a real problem for you all in, in the sector? And uh, do you see this as a solution? Uh, this is a definite problem in our, in our industry. Um, the skills gap is real and it's ever expanding. Our workforce is getting older and older all the time. And the, the new kids coming on board aren't at the level of a volume we need them to be at. Uh, historically, we've always asked or looked for people with experience. What this program has done at GPS that has done for us is help us change our mindset where we're looking for, for students that have the ability and drive who want to work, who want to show up on time, who want to give 110%. And now it's our job as industry leaders to teach them how to do the job that they'd be doing. Teach them the latest in CNC machining technology, the, the latest in, in people and processes that, that we have to give them a career. It helps the student figure out, do I really want to do this for a living? They kind of try, try manufacturing on, try our industry on. Um, 
but also puts a lot more work and, and emphasis on us as the industry to be also educators to a point where we have to teach them the pinpoint skills of how to be a machinist, how to be an operator, um, how to be a setup guy as they grow and progress through their their career. Um, historically, we want people that we just plug and play and go. Um, I think those days for us are long gone. It's now ever more important for us for true workforce development to put together a program working with the education system, with the schools on getting these young young people and giving them the opportunity um, to showcase their desires and their drive and give them the tools to be successful in life. Right. That makes total sense. And I appreciate that focus on the, the young person. And there's the added benefit of that you're getting highly capable and, and skilled employees coming in, which is helpful for the business, I'm sure, at Prince Industries. So so trying to figure that out. Um, yeah. Uh, um, Jeff, do you want to add something on there? Yeah. Yeah, I love to support that. And I think, you know, Jim, thank you for bringing that up. Um, and, and our work with, with our partners is really about kind of opening our partners' eyes, translating what these experiences might be for, for students. Not only did Jim mention, hey, students need an opportunity, but he also understood, you know, from a business partner's perspective, that students do need the opportunity to validate those sort of skills um, within the environment. And it's a shared responsibility. And I think some of that's that translation work um, as an intermediary is helpful in businesses in helping them recognize that uh, they've got to make investments in young people to develop the, their, their future talent. And they've got a, a shared community responsibility to do that. And partners like Prince and others uh, across DuPage that are involved in this ecosystem are like-minded folks. Um, and, and part of that is really convincing them uh, to open up their doors, their hearts and minds to these sort of experiences. And, um, you know, when, when these things work in balance around that shared vision, then magical things certainly happen for students and, and all of our partners in the work. Yeah, that, that translation really matters, right? Is that school doesn't often speak industry. Industry doesn't often speak school or education. And so having someone to play that translator and bring the players together in interesting ways to help benefit both industry and young people who are working in it is critical. Uh, Dr. Rossetti, I'm going to go back to you. Um, you. You have incredible longevity in the system, 20 years. Uh, you've talked a little bit about history. Um, if, if, if you could imagine sort of the, your, your, the most fulfilled dream for this system, um, you've seen it as creation point and it's starting to grow. What, where would you see it, it, it could go? Like what's the power in it and what's your vision for to make this thing really scale? Well, definitely sustainability. We'd like to see this move forward, you know, to help sustain it. Um, I, if, if you want to, and, and I think Jim said this, and I think this is really important. And if I really want this to move forward in a way that's going to meet the needs of all of our students, I'd love to see both business industry sitting alongside our educators, developing curriculum together, and not just developing curriculum together, but perhaps even assessing the work together. 
you know, so that it's a, you know, so that this is a, this is truly a, a union, a joint effort. I mean, because there's a, and I mentioned the sense of urgency. There's a lot at stake here. I mean, I think the better our, better our businesses get, the better our, our country becomes, the better our students get. You know, this is all, you know, kind of a, an alignment piece here. So I think that's really important. I think that's probably one of the biggest things as well, the sustainability, the scaling it up across the state. I think, too, I'd love to see this in our colleges and universities when our teacher, you know, institutions. I think that's important, too, that they're exposed to, you know what I mean, the relevancy piece, the work-based learning, how this integrates into the work that we do every single day. And again, this shouldn't be just starting at the high school level. This is middle school. This is even earlier on. You know, how do we continue to build towards so that it is recognized as this is part of our work to create these great citizens, you know, for our nation? Uh, yeah, I, I, I appreciate that you're putting great citizens for our nation as part of your big vision. That's so critical, right, is is uh, businesses that are thriving, uh, people that are working in them that have family sustaining wages and, and can live the lives that they want to live and also con- contribute back to the communities within which they live. And all these pieces play a role there. Um, so so let's go back to the, the school uh, perspective ag- again. Um, so so. Uh, Yovan, when we think about Lake Park High School, talk a little bit about, do you, do you, are you planning on growing the program? What are the barriers to growth? Do you see that this could be, that more students could be exposed to work-based learning? Uh, tell me, talk a little bit about the future. Well, I mean, we would always love to see more students, obviously, at least get that opportunity for us. So um, we're, we're constantly trying to promote the program. We have courses, we have our machining courses, our manufacturing courses, we have advanced manufacturing within our building. Uh, you know, Dr. Seti talked about College of DuPage. Our students can earn dual credit for those courses. So there's that incentive for them to continue and, and keep learning uh, as you go forward. So yeah, we'd love to continue to, to, to build off the work-based learning currently, obviously under manufacturing. I know that uh, this this year we worked with GPS Ed, and we're going to look at a information technology pathway uh, for students. So a different path, obviously, for students, which, by the way, is also can be done in in manufacturing uh, partners because they have IT as well. I mean, it's not something that's just um, you know um, for one area. Um, yeah, I plan on continuously uh, hitting up GPS. You know, Ed for the next one would be uh, you know something in health services. Um, <clears throat> you know, the, I think we're. We definitely want to continue to scale this, and I think we're very fortunate to have the DuPage ROE because they're kind of the front runners on a lot of these, and and want to scale this and make it sustainable for for everybody in in DuPage County. So I think when you look at um, the support we have, kind of uh, from above with our with the ROE, and then our families and our staff that are constantly building to this, we. We definitely want to continue to, to look at ways uh, to do this. You asked about barriers, and I think that the barriers are are the the previous perceptions of what manufacturing looks like, right? Like I think that's a big piece for for a lot of our students. Once we actually get them into the buildings, and they go, "Oh my goodness!" Like I I'm wearing a polo and jeans to work every day, and I get to work on this cool machine that's making you know um, SpaceX parts, like you know, they're, they're losing, you know, or I, I get to, you know, of a, a breathing valve for first responders, right? Like, I think they go, wow, that's pretty cool, you know? So they, they see kind of the value to that. Uh, so I think that's a, that's a big barrier is to kind of get past what manufacturing used to be and look like. Um, and then, you know, I, I think uh, Dr. Rossetti understands and, and Jeff has learned our, our community a little bit better. 
uh, you know, many of our parents are, you know, my kid's going to U of I, right? Like that's, we, you know, and, and that's, we, I, I, and I say this respectfully, right? Like your kid's going to go to U of I with a huge endowment maybe, but like, let's look at really the real, the reality of what is going to occur here is that we need to make them so that they can have a, you know, provide for family, you know, as Dr. Seti said, be good citizens, uh, you know, be part of the workforce that is, is going to continue to, uh, to make us great. So, those are some of our barriers. I think we we're trying, you know, every every communication that we have from the school, we always include the parents on it. Uh, we include the parents on on how do we uh, on what does this look like? We give them testimonials from our students and and uh, what, those great things. So, uh, yeah, we, we want to continue to scale this up and, and keep looking at success for our students. And Nate, can I briefly mention one barrier that I think is really important? And this really is in um, I want Jim to know this for school, all of all of everyone to know this. One of the big barriers that I see is is time. And our state keeps adding on more and more to our curriculum, more and more things to be taught. And, and it doesn't allow them for that student to take that class sometimes. And I think that that is something. So if I get this podcast and when I get it, I'm sending it to every one of our legislators in the state of Illinois, just so they kind of think about that. Because that is, I really do think, I don't know if you'd agree with me on that, Yvonne, but it's part of the problem. I think it's part of a, a big obstacle that we're going to have to address sooner or later because kids need the time to take these classes in school. That's a that's a great point. Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, we, we're just this past year, we're adding like four more mandates that have to be taught within the curriculum. So, uh, so we have to find time for that. And so, yeah, it, it really is like five pounds of stuff in a two pound bag that we're trying to stuff in here to make sure that we can uh, we can get them everything that they need. And we understand why we're trying to create these renaissance students. But um, but yeah, it, it is. I wholeheartedly agree with Dr. Setti. Time is a, a huge factor. Right. And we and we see that we work across the education sector and it is the number one issue, right? Is that you, you, there's all sorts of innovative things people can do to help young people, to help the world, to help the country. And if we try to do everything for every person, it's not gonna work. And so that, that commodity is critical. All right, I, I wanna wrap. We, we could probably talk for hours and hours because we have so much experience in the room. Um, uh, eat for each one of you, I'll prompt each of you. And uh, uh, the, the most important piece of advice you would have for other regions thinking about scaling and the second piece, if you would like, is there is there someone that you would like to amplify or elevate and just say their, their name and, and um, the, the role they have or the organization they're in? So uh, let's start. Dr. Zetti, you'll lead us off here. So um, recommendation and anybody you'd like to amplify. So, key advice, um, get it. Find a connector. Find a GPS ed. They're great. I think that take a regional approach to this and just do it. I think don't hesitate, just do it. And then the I would like to really give a big shout out to Tom Wendorf. Tom has been in DuPage County as a manufacturer, now retired for many years. He and I have been, we go back, lots of stories that we have. And I really uh, have to give a shout out to him because he is the the gentleman who connected me to GPS that, that helped to make all this happen. So shout out to Tom. All right. Thank you so much. And appreciate Tom, if you're listening, all your efforts there. Jim. What do you have for us? I think the biggest thing is for industry to be open-minded about this and be ready to teach. Um, it's not the status quo. We have to change the way we're thinking to embrace these programs um, because they work. It opens up avenues for, for young men and women to have a career and come in with little applications knowledge. It's our job to teach that. 
These educators are doing a great job to giving us students that want to learn, no shot math, know how to communicate. Now it's our responsibility as the workforce to teach these young men and women and how to do certain specific job skills. Um, and I'd like to give a big shout out to Dr. Rossetti. I've seen a huge shift on the education side and the acceptance of these programs and pushing that this work-based learning is a viable career and a different pathway for these young men and women. Um, and without her, her, her guidance and, and embracing of this program, I don't think we'd have it here in DuPage County. Yeah, I appreciate that. That regional work and the and the the, the champion at the regional level matters. And Dr. Rosetti, you're certainly um, serving that. All right, Jovan, what do you have for us? Sure, I would say um, for us, it's having a strong CTE program, the career technical education, having that strong program, and then having that kind of kid magnet that's in there that can attract those students to to constantly be with, with them. I think that's uh, you know we're very fortunate. We have Matt Sullivan. He's you know he's constantly working with the students and has different pathways. So I think um, having that that strong CTE and and having a commitment to that is big. Um, I think the inspiration, uh, Jim Roberts, who actually started this at Lake Park, and he's now at the ROE, does work with them. I think he's a, a huge shout out because he, he kind of saw this early on. He was an early adopter and and really got it going for us. So um, I would say Jim Roberts is and continues to be. I can still email about stuff. Hey, Jim, how do I do this? So he, he's huge. Um, and I don't know if you noticed, Nate, but I got two for one on that inspiration piece, just so you saw that. I got Matt and Jim. So, yeah. <laughs> All right, Jeff, uh, finish this off and then I'll give some closing remarks to, to uh, complete the cycle here. Yeah, no, happy to do it again. Thanks for having us. Um, I, I think the, you know, I, I'll drop in three little kind of key nuggets for you. One, uh, taking a community based approach to do this at scale across a region, vitally important. Uh, the way you do that is around a shared vision um, among its stakeholders. Um, from the workforce side, education, um, that alignment is critical, um, and that that trailblazing innovational you know spirit is something that cannot be denied. Uh, folks like Tom and Jim Roberts uh, were mentioned. Dr. Rossetti, her leadership, vital in doing that. The second thing I would uh, you know advise people to do is uh, identify those resources that are needed. Um, an intermediary could certainly do that. Programs exist in communities, get involved in those. Uh, we do things like provide program planning, pathway mapping, student recruitment, partner mentor training for, for our business partners, uh, looking at sustainable funding strategies so we can scale and grow over time. Those are all things that kind of keep the program going. Um, so leveraging that expertise and those resources in your community are important. And then last, uh, I would just say, Everyone has a role to play uh, in this work. And so getting, you know, complete ecosystems involved from chambers, economic development groups, secondary, post-secondary, registered apprenticeship, uh, you know, industry association training programs, creating uh, on-ramps and off-ramps for students uh, to engage in this work is part of that ecosystem that makes it vital and it allows students to kind of, you know, uh, you know, uh, create their own journey um, that's supported locally within their community. And so those partnerships um, are vital in doing that and bring more people to the table. Everyone can play a role. And I think too, just real quick off of what you just said, Jeff, it's relationships, 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 
relationships with our students, with our communities, with our businesses, with educators. And I think that's a kind of a big learning. We took advantage of our relationships. Uh, really, uh, there's so many good nuggets in the, your all of your responses. I, I think I can, so as a summary and try to bring it all together to close us off here is that um, we, we have a real challenge in this world in terms of uh, skill, a skills gap, in terms of not enough young people having and being able to earn a family-sustaining wage. Um, work-based learning can solve that challenge, and work-based learning is complex, and having an intermediary and a regional approach can really help scale the impact of these programs. And so really appreciative of all of your perspectives, uh, and, and I think there's a, there's a ton of resources out there. Um, Jeff, if you could, what's the website that people can go to if they want to learn more? Because all this information is on your website, I think. Yeah, uh, our website is gpsed.org. Uh, we've got a number of resources about how we do. You can certainly follow us on our social media cha- uh, channels. Um, and one other shout out to some of the other large players that are part of this momentum um, and this movement. JFF, Jobs for the Future, obviously does a great job. Uh, we're a big proponent of, um, you know, the Partnership for Advancement of Youth Apprenticeship, PIA, um, in delivering quality uh, work-based learning programming and solutions. So, um, Great. Yeah, there's a lot of people working on this in, the, in the, the ecosystem right now, and I really appreciate it. I'm hopeful this podcast will bring even more players together. Thank you all for your time this afternoon. I really appreciate the work you're doing to help uh, both the, the, the nation and young people um, find uh, incredible adult lives and uh, carry on. And, and um, we appreciate all uh, that you contributed today. So thanks, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to the Getting Smart podcast today. We want this podcast to be actionable, insightful, and a great way to learn about what's next in learning. In order to stay on the cutting edge, we need people in the field to tell us what they're hearing, what they're wanting, and what they're needing to learn more about. Got a topic or a guest in mind? Send your recommendations to me, Mason at gettingsmart.com. And if you like what you're hearing, don't forget to leave a review in Apple Podcasts or subscribe wherever you listen. Feel free to share the podcast on social media using the hashtag GSPodcasts. Thanks so much.